Hey, welcome to the first episode of the Remarkable Regional Business Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to Craig Hunter. Man, this is an episode that is so topical right now, uh, but he is from, he's one of the founders of Clear Dynamics. And if you haven't heard of Clear Dynamics, you're about to. They are an AI company, software development company, started and still based right here in Bendigo. So they fit squarely in the uh, the label of remarkable regional business, and you're going to hear why in this interview. So let's get into it. Okay, Craig, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. We are going to have an absolute blast, I'm sure. But we're going to kick things off, right? Uh, what is your one-line description of who Clear Dynamics are? Well, firstly, Caleb, I'd like to thank you for inviting me on your podcast. It's a real privilege to be your guest. My pleasure. Um, Clear Dynamics is Bendigo-based. Um, we're an enterprise software provider. Uh, so we work with um, banks, utility companies, um, government, and we basically automate the software development lifecycle to enable them to transform their businesses from all their legacy systems and unify them into one platform and we leverage artificial intelligence and machine learning to achieve that. Wowzers. How does a company like this exist in Bendigo? It is interesting. Um, so the founder, Daniel Beattie, who just also happens to be my best mate, he, um, he's a savant. You know, He's yeah. probably a, a one in the uh, generation talent in automating the software development lifecycle. Um, and you know he's got a banking background and an enterprise software development background. He and I started a business, I'm going to say, 15 years ago now, and um, we were working in the enterprise space, but it was back at the start of the dot-com boom. Um, that company went for over 10 years, and so you know for 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 the dot-com bust, we we managed to survive the dot-com bust, nice. and we um, uh, when we both exited that business. We took a break, I went consulting, he went consulting, and then um, you know, we really enjoyed the journey that we were on, but also could see the mistakes that we'd made. And so thought, how about we travel this journey again? And so you know, Clear Dynamics has uh, scaled up to 200 people at, at, wow. at stages. Um, we have you know, not just entered uh, the utilities and banking and finance, but uh, working with federal government and working with uh, innovative telcos and utility companies that are doing something different and innovative. Uh, it's really quite exciting. Mm, yeah. That is really exciting. So for those who aren't fully au fait software people, um, in really simple terms, break down the automating the life cycle. Uh, what is it, What is that? mean to someone who has no idea about software development? Sure. So traditionally, uh, let's use an example in banking, for instance, where you want to do uh, credit card origination. So you want to get a new credit card. So generally, the application form that you'd fill out on a banking's website isn't actually done by the bank. Uh, they come to a vendor like us, and we actually build the forms and the workflows. Quite often, there's automated credit checks that it does. It yep. might... It might even check things like your superannuation um, statement to make sure that the income that's been represented on your superannuation is the combination of all the income that's coming into the different bank accounts that you have, for instance, those sort right. of things. Yep. Uh, and then it would go potentially 
uh, it might be a, a happy path automation process flow, mm -hmm. so a, a human being doesn't touch it. So we were one of the first vendors in Australia to provide our customers with a lights out happy path credit card originations pathway, for instance. Right, so a whole process that doesn't require a person. Doesn't require touch. a human, yeah. Wow. Before that, um, basically every bank and finance company had an operations center, call center people, they would look at your, a copy of your application on their back end, they'd ask you a few questions, they'd go through it, you know, click a couple of boxes, fill out a couple of other forms, yep. send it off to some other service providers, you know, digitally, get a response and then provide you with a response. And so it was pretty expensive yeah. for the organizations to do that when you consider all the people involved. Um, and so by automating that process, that enabled, you know, one of our customers I can think of 25% to 30% of their applications are now completely lights out, hands off, no one touches it, all done through automation. Well, And so we built the platform to enable that. And then now they're actually also doing lights out for SADPATH, for um, uh, applications that they wouldn't move ahead with. Right. So that now allows their operations wow. staff to only have to deal with the grey area, the ones where we've got a little bit more information we need, we've got a question about your, your payslip or, yep. you know, we, yep. we, we can see there's something on your credit report. Yep. We just want to ask you some questions about that. Yep. And what that enables their customer service staff to do is build a better relationship with potential new customers yeah. uh, because they're able to take the time to do that while at the same time that organization's application volumes goes up. And so you can use that same analogy for pretty much anything, any industry, because most industries, whether it's a shopping cart, retail, whether it's um, you know an energy company or a water company or whether it's a government application process, or you can literally just extrapolate that out to all sorts of different industries and services. Wowzers. So yeah, and that market is that for clear dynamics services and software is worldwide. Like that, you, you're not limited, obviously, by anything. Correct. Really. Yeah, so that's right. You have international customers that we do. are using your services. Yeah, we do, and we, and we have staff working around the world, and um, it's it's really interesting to be able to see the way that our industry has changed because because we're able to use, utilize machine learning and automation. Traditionally, to build a platform like I just described is in the tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. They're, re they're really quite expensive platforms. And the reason for that yeah. is is because you've got software developers writing code. Yeah. And, you know, the, the dirty secret of the human brain is if you've just got 25 complex values that you're trying to reconcile with another 25 complex values, talking to a neurologist, yeah. they'll tell you that using wetware, using the brain, it takes... The exponential math of trying to reconcile that complexity is that you need a brain the size of the universe using every atom as a switching mechanism. Whoa. So it's neurologically impossible <laughs> for us to do now because yeah. these enterprise systems are more than 25 complex values you're trying to reconcile with integrity with another 25. It's hundreds of values. And so because that's now neurologically impossible to do, all software developers are doing in, the, in these big enterprise systems are just making the best bad compromise. Yeah. You know? And even if they're a rocket scientist and they're incredibly intelligent, all it takes is to be kept up late by a screaming kid or a car alarm and you come to work the next day. And we know if you've had, 
if you're sleep deprived, it's the equivalent of being drunk. Yeah. And so yep. they're operating heavy machinery yeah. <laughs> virtually like they're under the influence. Yeah. And so we just really as a business just called out the elephant in the room. And we said, well, do you know what? Machines can reconcile with complexity infinite amount of complex values. Yeah. So how about we actually just use the machines to do the code development? And so we use code generation engines yep. that automate the software development code, that automate the provisioning into the servers, that automate the test scripts, that automate the deployments, that automate the integration, mm. automate the upgrades. Now, it's not that we don't still have developers, and it's not that we <laughs> yeah. still don't have humans in our company. Yes. And you know the platform that we've developed w is called AEOS. And so what that stands for is Augmented Intelligence Enterprise Operating System. Mm -hmm. And the key word there is augmented intelligence, where it's not just lights out software writing software, it's a human being being assisted and being augmented in the way that they are generating these enterprise software outcomes. Mm. And so therefore the amount of people that we require is exponentially less. And so, you know, while we were still developing uh, this capability, we are a very large company, we had up to over 200 people, and as we have automated that process, the demand even for us as a company to have staff has reduced. Wow. And that we're gonna start obviously seeing played out across uh, ma many industries. Yeah. Um, it's not that there still isn't a role for us for us to have software engineers, mm. but the role that software engineers are going to play, not just in our company, but potentially more broadly across the industry, mm. is that they're working in partnership and they're being augmented by a machine learning AI platform. Yep. Yeah. So there's this raises a whole lot of questions for people and quite often what people do is go to the fear-based uh, perspective yeah. and go, oh, I've seen Terminator. Yeah. Like, <laughs> machines are going to take over the we, world. We're going there already, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. what, uh, and we're going to unpack that. I'm going to yeah, ask yeah. you the question, what, how, how would you attack that? But the the really, you're, you are creating just better tools, right? Correct. You, you know, this, it's no different than, it is very different, but it's it's no different than an, a different, simpler tool in the hand of someone to use. It just does a whole lot more and requires less people to operate it. Yeah. Is that right? And and can do much more complex things. Yeah, heaps more complex. And, and you get a higher fidelity. Yep. You get, so, you know, we are, as, as a civilization, we are held hostage by technology debt. Mm. So the speed at which we can innovate is held back by humans that have been injected into the process where they're being asked to try to reconcile the complexity of all those different software systems and make them work together. And so the ability for us, the speed at which we can iterate mm. and the speed at which we can innovate is constantly being held hostage to our own limited capacity to reconcile that complexity. Yep. So the tool as a sidecar to humans that we have been, we, we've built a company on mm. is being able to enable the humans to reconcile that complexity so that they can innovate at a greater rate mm. with a higher, greater fidelity. Yeah, it, it's from a business perspective, it's great. And from a, a person who is not uh, coming at it with a fear perspective, it's also great, right? But what would you say to someone who goes, 
oh, this needs to be stopped. Like, yeah. you know, w- what about all those poor software developers that yeah. now are replaced? Well, and it's interesting. Like, I, I, th- those software developers don't disappear. Yeah. But what they do is they start to access the next generation of AI tools that are sidecars to help them innovate at a greater rate in other industries to learn new skills, to learn new abilities. So, you know, it's not like um, uh, those software developers no longer have an industry and and it's not like they won't continue to have an industry, but the way they work will change. And, but that's gonna happen for all of us. You know, whether you're a software developer or whether you work in a government agency or whether you work in an accountancy firm, or whether you work in a legal firm, or whether you produce podcasts and videos. Yeah, yeah. The way we all work is going to, within the next six years, within the next five years, and within the next 10 years, uh, it's going to change and it's going to evolve. And these tools that are becoming more rapidly available to us Mm. won't um, necessarily replace our jobs, but they will change the way we do our jobs. Yep. Um, yes, so the mindset that someone has to have to actually um, follow this journey and uh, adapt themselves to and make make it so that they are not left behind or obsolete, it's, it is about finding and looking and searching for what is my, what is my industry doing? What is, what is my role? going to look like or what do I need to change so that I'm still a valuable part of this industry because there's a whole lot of roles actually specific jobs as as we've talked about it already that aren't just aren't going to need to be done by humans right yeah so I think um you know so let's take an example just just jumps to mind for me of a lawyer yep for instance so when chat gpt 3.5 came out uh it uh, when it tried to sit the bar exam, it was in the bottom ten percent. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> right. So the bar exam in the US is how you yes. you know you become yes. a lawyer. Yeah. Your certification to become a lawyer. Yeah. Um, with the advent of um, uh, GPT four, it is now passing the exam at uh, the bar exam at the top ten percent. Wowzers! So you know you can see in six months. From 3.5 to 4, it's gone from the bottom 10% to the top 10%. Now, does that mean that ChatGPT is now able to be a better lawyer than a lawyer? Well, no, it can't walk into the courtroom. It can't perform for the jury. It can't do the human interaction that is required with someone that's sitting on the stand and and asking them questions. Mm. But as a sidecar to that lawyer, having a tool yeah. of all the case law, all the relevant information is going to enable that lawyer to be a much better lawyer. Massively, right? Because you remember that like, you've seen you know, law and order or whatever, or you've been in plenty of law, uh, lawyers' offices and you know, their entire walls full of like, law books, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Law, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and the difference in justice quite often can be your lawyer's knowledge yeah. and, and, and their ability to recall what's in those books. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, so, so potentially the gap between people that can afford a good lawyer 
and a not so good lawyer and, and, and you get justice. Potentially it's been narrowed. Don't get me wrong, there are still disadvantages, yeah. but we are starting to see these tools starting to close those gaps. Um, and so that's all for the good. Yeah. Um, but of course there are perceived downsides as well yep. that that um, you know people feel a bit threatened by and yeah. and and you know and it might trigger the grief cycle for some people when you talk about yeah. this sort of thing you yeah know? and so you can see that some people are in denial mm. uh, AI is not going to affect my job mm-hmm. well you know I sort of say to people well tell me what your job is and I literally can tell them within minutes <laughs> this is the way you might not know that yeah. AI is affecting your job but just as simple as something is using Bing yeah. and doing a Bing search because yeah. now ChatGPT has been inserted into a Bing search. So you're actually using the tool just by searching in Bing. Um, If you use video conferencing uh, and Microsoft Teams very soon in in, in the coming iterations will have automated transcripts, automated summaries of the video call. You know, um, that's all using ChatGPT technology. And so there's gonna be all these sidecars and apps that are going to be on your phone that you won't even know that that it's using artificial intelligence to be able to enable that app to work. And that is then going to change the way people do things. And it's going to change the speed at which particularly low volume, you know, sort of bottom of the bell curve or bottom of the start of the bell curve information presentation mm-hmm. is being done. If you're a content generator and you're just doing summaries of, you know, high volume articles or movies or whatever that is coming out. Yeah. A lot of those jobs are going to be, um, you know, a lot of that work is going to be done. Yeah. By AI. Yeah. Yep. And that's just the that's just the fact of the matter, right? Whether whether someone likes it or not, that's this is happening. It's right? happening. Yeah. It's happening. What's my question would be? Um, you mentioned earlier, augmented intelligence yeah. and artificial intelligence. What's the difference? Sure, so there's a couple of terms to unpack here. So, um, you know, I, I talk about chat GPT because that's probably got the best mind share at the moment yep. in relationship to AI. Um, so let's just unpack chat GTP as, as a start because I throw that term around and some people are like, well, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we all know what a chatbot is. You know, you go online, you do an application for ABSC, a little chatbot comes up and says, do you want some help? Yeah. Um, so in the past, that was pretty ordinary tech. And there wasn't, there, and, and, and in most cases, there wasn't a, what's called a large language model sitting behind that. Mm. Um, and so they're pretty rote responses. Um, it was pretty token-based prompt responses. Um so what the advent has been, and large language models have been around for uh, quite a while, mm-hmm. but the innovation uh, that OpenAI brought into the market was marrying up a chat interface with a large language model and being able to use natural language to ask a question, quite long sentences mm. and complex sentences to ask a question of a large language model. And then the large language model being able to provide you with a response that's quite that's that's open, you know, free language response as well. That yep. sort of makes sense. It's human readable. Yes. Um, your responses that you can relate to, and so that has 
been the big leap forward um, where you know we have probably more quickly than what academia wanted to um, released that technology you know the, the uptake of chat GPT was I'm gonna say was it 50 or a hundred million I think it was uptake in something like five weeks yep whereas I think it was TikTok was a hundred million in you know, like a year or something, yeah. or five months or something like that. Like it's exponentially faster <laughs> yeah. uptake than anything else we've ever seen. Yeah. And ChatGPT wasn't ready for that. OpenAI executives were like, we didn't even know whether this would even take. Whoa. And so it's just rocketed off yeah. at, at a rate of knots. Yeah. And there's a very interesting reason for that because, you know, you think about what we're doing right now, this, this conversation we're doing right now, you know, we're simulating. And in that simulation, we're talking about potential futures. We're talking about how you might use this tool effectively in your business, how you might use it in your own personal life. And we can get into all of that. Yeah. But the simulation that we're doing is actually very low calorie. Yeah. You know, um, and, I, and I like to use this example that we as a species for millions and millions of years, all we ever did was build a better hand axe. And... The reason that it took millions and millions of years just to build a bit better hand axe primarily was because it's very high calorie. You know, so you think about what we what we used to do when we would send people to jail, we'd make them break rocks. <laughs> it takes <laughs> lots of energy. It takes right? lots of energy, lots of calories. And to simulate breaking rocks in a very certain way mm. takes a lot of calories as well. And because we didn't have language, our ability to simulate how to break those rocks better, how to make that hand axe better, well, it was very expensive. Then when we cracked language, that 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 new killer app took us 30,000 years till now to go from millions of years just creating one tool. We, we basically had one tool as a species to in the last 30,000 years having one civilization and literally having our own space program mm-hmm. because our ability to iterate is exponential. Now, with um, large language models and you know, chat large language models, what we have inserted is another intelligence into that conversation. That can reconcile the complexity at an exponential speed and with exponential accuracy compared to the average human. Yeah. I'm going to give uh, people a, it just popped into my head, uh, for anyone who's uh, seen any of the Avengers or Marvel films, this is a a, uh, comparison, right? (laughs) The time stone yeah. from Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he is able to, in a matter of seconds, um, use the time stone to go into all the potential futures and live them out, and then come back and work out which one was the the right path. Right. He's iterating okay. all these ideas. So I think we agreed to do science fiction at the end. <laughs> oh, <But> <laughs> I'm accelerating. <laughs> oh, no, no, you're accelerating. You're, we're, we're simulating at a, at a great rate of knots here. Okay. So, all right. So that, what you're talking about sounds crazy. You know, like it's like we're nowhere near that. Literally in the last, I think it was the last week, Stanford University came out with a research paper where they were basically using a, a sims, like a, a, a simulated universe or a simulated city mm-hmm. with all these avatars in the city. Yep. And they plugged in the large language uh, chat models to each one of these avatars. 
and then just sent them on their way, interacting with one another. Oh, I, I apologise to the listeners. We're, in, we're in science fiction already. I love it. <laughs> and, this is great. And so what happened is those avatars started relating to each other in ways that weren't pre-programmed and that they never expected. So one avatar decided, because in the, in the large language model that Valentine's Day was coming up, decided to throw a Valentine's Day party <laughs> and sent out invoice, uh, invites to all the other avatars. But, but some of the avatars had other stuff going on. And so they declined the invitation. <laughs> now, going back to your Doctor Strange time stone analogy. So now what we know is that these large language models are getting to know us really well. In fact, they, they are demonstrating the potential to know us in some cases, better than we know ourselves <laughs> and better than someone else knows us. Wow. And, and that is all stored in the memory of the, the chat that you've been interacting. Yeah. And so there is the opportunity for us to be able to then upload that knowledge of who we are mm. into the avatar in the simulation. Now, play this out in a business scenario. Yep. You're using a large language model in your business You've got all the policies of your business that are the hard-coded responses. This is what we want the response to be in this sales situation, in this business development situation, in this delivery situation. And then there's just all the other organizational information that the large language model is is accessing. And you're interacting in your chat with other staff, but you're also interacting with the large language, the chatbot, backwards and forwards. And so there is this model that is being made up of you as an employee. Mm-hmm. Now you then take that and you insert that into the simulation. And so we've got your business in the simulation. We've got all your staff as avatars in that simulation. We've uploaded the history of the way that they interact in all those different circumstances. And then you dump on that simulation a scenario. We're going to uh-huh. launch a new product. And then you run that simulation with all sorts of different variations and then let it run to its bitter end. And you can potentially see the time stone example uh-huh. where Dr. Strange is sitting there trying to work out how the end game is going to play out yeah. in millions of different scenarios. Yes. Literally within hours, that simulation has played out how that decision you've made about your business in a thousand different ways with thousands or millions of different variables. And you can pick with... Obviously not 100% accuracy, but even, yeah. even if you're 75% accurate, how that's going to play out within your business. Mm-hmm. Imagine what that is doing to your ability to be able to, um, it, it, for your decision making yep. in, in an organization. Yep. Yeah, when we're talking about decision making, and um, I'm, I'm going to come back to another Marvel example. I love this science fiction talk. It's so much fun. Um, but when we're talking about decision making, uh, one really helpful kind of thing I've, I've learned, have, have you ever read um, Great by Choice by oh, Jim no, Collins? No. Oh, it's so good. It's how, how organizations um, manage to th- not only survive but thrive in turbulent economic situations. Yeah. But one of the concepts that they, there's a research-based book and they found with comparison studies between organizations that were really winning Mm. even through turbulent times was that they fired bullets before they fired cannonballs. Yeah. This concept of testing something 
are small, seeing if the, it takes up in the market, seeing if there's any major issues, what effect it has on you know, systems, processes, et cetera, et cetera, before you go all in with the cannonball. Correct. Yeah. And so that's what we're talking about here is being able to not it, – it's even a step before testing it in real life. Mm. You're testing it without the risk. Yeah. File small, file fast. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Okay, so let's go number two Marvel analogy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm going to give a more – probably a wider relatable one. Sure. So. Jarvis is Tony Stark's mm. AI intelligence, yeah, yeah. <laughs> artificial intelligence, um, that partners with him to create a lot of the mm. the things that he does. You know, smartest man in the world kind of yeah. thing. But he still needs Jarvis to run simulations yeah. and, and plug information in. Yeah. Um, another, like a real world example, is we're talking um, Alexa. Um, yeah. uh, we're talking Siri, Siri yeah. Google. Um, they are nowhere near. I'm surprised Siri hasn't popped up on my yeah. uh, watch. <laughs> yeah, Her yeah. most common phrase is, I don't understand. I don't understand. <laughs> I did actually say her name, so that's yeah, not yeah, that, that unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of, that sums sure. up our artificial intelligence assistance yeah. at the moment. I don't understand. But we're, how far are we away from Jarvis level um, assistance, human mm. assistance? Yeah. So getting back to our definitions. So generative AI has, is so many generations ahead of Siri that it doesn't even matter. And, <laughs> and so that is very quickly, and, 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 and Apple has taken great advan ad, um, advances here. Yeah. And so we're going to see in a very short period of time um, the large language Apple's large language model being embedded within our phones and our watches and and the value that we're going to get from that mm. is going to be very high mm. now the the challenge that we've got at the moment is that we've been through an era of disinformation mm. and low volume content online mm. and so as a result of that the web is full of a lot of low value disinformation low content um, quality. Yeah. And so by the large language models just using that as their training platform, mm. um, it, it can be a bit hit and miss in the responses that you get. Yeah. And so there is, it, it, it's, don't get me wrong, it's unbelievably more advanced than Siri. Yeah. But it's still got the handbrake and the impediment of garbage in, garbage out and and, and we have the added now disadvantage that, um, you know, what um, generative AI has done has made a zero cost for fraud. And so the ability for fraudulent information to be produced, you know, traditionally, if you wanted to create a research paper on, I don't know, let's do something controversial, vaccines. Mm -hmm. And that you said... Um, uh, ChatGPT, I want you to create me a, uh, a research paper that looks like uh, it's, it's in a medical journal mm. and provide me with all the references about why no one should ever take a vaccine. And, you know, I, I'm agnostic either way, whatever. Yeah. But the problem is that at almost zero cost, um, a large learning model couldn't generate infinite amounts of those papers, thousands and thousands yeah. of them. Yeah. And there's probably 
you know, maybe only 100 people in the world, maybe a couple hundred people in the world, that could demonstrate what's wrong with those papers and how that they're actually very inaccurate. Mm. And, and so the problem with that is that people that have got malign interests, mm. their ability to create exponential and overwhelm the internet with disinformation, mm. uh, that, that is now available yep. to them. And so we've now got an arms race going on mm. of the ability to be able to determine whether that actually isn't a, a real medical journal and that's actually uh, you know, a fake, it's a fraud, it's disinformation and, and being able to um, disprove that and be able to challenge its validity. Mm. And so this arms race that we've now kicked off is going to become exponential. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and I can... I can tell you some horror stories already yeah. where, you know, people have been, their, their voice has been simulated to uh, access other people's bank accounts and, and you know, all, all these different sorts of scenarios. Very accessible. So don't get me wrong. I'm not, uh, I, I'm not, um, um, I'm not overly, I'm not, I'm not saying it's all just going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, it's going to be messy. Yeah. You know, like you can see what's happening right now in Australian schools where they're saying, okay, we don't want people using um, large language model chatbot capability um, for people to – students to write essays and, mm. and things like that. And, and I understand why those decisions are being made. Mm. Like I can actually remember – I'm old enough to remember walking into, you know, a maths exam. You're not allowed to take a calculator with you. Or you, yep. or, or you're yep. not even allowed to bring a calculator into a classroom, yep. a, a maths class. Yep. Now, of course, we all do. They all, all, all students do now. Yeah. Um, and I think we're probably going to wind up somewhere along that line because we all understand that a calculator is a tool that's just on our phone now. Like yep. it's like it's with us everywhere we go. Yeah. And large language models already, Chat G- GPT has released an app. Mm. Um, and, and th- in fact, I think there's now like about 150 apps in the app store. Now, don't get me wrong, they're ugly, they're hard to use, they're, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, uh, it's just going to be time, it's you know, it's just, just time and, and they're going to start iterating and we're going to be using them in our everyday life in business yeah. and they are going to be assisting us in business. So then, of course, it's going to make sense for educators um, and schools to start training students how to use these tools because they are going to need to use them in business. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the big challenges education has had across a lot of different uh, areas That is that industry often is far uh, more advanced and way ahead of what mm. the education uh, sector is that is training students to enter into that industry. So there's, a, there's that already that gap of how fast they can uh, adapt mm. uh, to meet what industry and, and business is demanding of people within it. Um, so, you know, that it, that's something that, uh, that educators and education institutions can switch the, their paradigm thinking on is how do we like not resist uh, the development and utilization of these tools, but how can we use those tools to make us faster at bringing students up to speed to where they need to be? Yeah, and it's you know like we have had to train students how to be able to perceive what is disinformation, 
Mm. You know, we, we are now the spin-off of that is that we're now having to talk about well, what is a fact? You know, yeah. So, so get, uh, ask the punter on the street. How do you define what is a fact? Yeah. You know, and very and only because I've got a science teaching background, I can just rattle off the top of my head peer-reviewed, independent, longitudinal study, average result of those study, and it being replicable. Yep. So that's a fact, the reason yep. why the lights are working in this studio, this microphone works, the reason why the heating works and your laptop works and the building doesn't fall down on our heads is because of the scientific model. Yep. But the scientific model doesn't tell us the way the world is. Yep. It tells us the way the world is not. And it is the same with AI. We, we are saying... We're not. I'm, I'm not a futurist. I'm not. I'm not saying this is the way the world is going to be. Yeah. Because we actually have no idea. Yeah. But I can tell you the way the world is not going to be. You know that very soon, if not now, a majority of people are not going to be typing on keyboards. That voice recognition technology is getting so high mm. that within the next twelve months it'll just be so much easier just to talk into your phone or talk into your laptop and the text will be generated. Yep. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Losing the ability to write for our species? Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Arguments on both sides. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, and so then that's got a blast radius back into our educational institutions. What does that actually mean? Mm. Um, so I think these are the most important issue is, though, that going back to our simulation conversation, that we are doing the simulating. We are having the conversation. So I think the importance of what you and I are doing right now, why it is so critical, mm -hmm. is because when we come to the so-called decision-making mo moment about you know, do we enable AI capability within, and AI apps and tools within a classroom or not, do I, in my business you know, use the artificial intelligent apps to assist me in my accounting firm or my legal firm or my software firm, my startup or whatever. By having this conversation enables us to be better prepared to make useful choices. If we're not having the conversation and we don't have the information, then the chances that we respond out of fear, fight, flight, is much higher because that's your brain's superpower. That's, yeah. you know, that, that defensive mechanism, it got off, off the savannah and into the supermarket. Yeah. You know, the, the, the hominids that heard a rustle in the bush and thought that could be a fluffy little bunny rabbit, well, they were all eaten. And <laughs> all the ones that assumed that could be a saber-toothed tiger and ran for their lives, well, they're us. <laughs> but we have now flown the evolutionary coop of the usefulness of assuming it's always a saber-toothed tiger and assuming that AI is here to eat us. Mm. Um, so by having the conversation and, and engaging our prefrontal cortex and our executive decision-making skills enables us to be preloaded and to be pre-armed so that we're able to make useful, healthy decisions for our personal life and for our business and Well, that's forward. a good place to, to bring it, to start to land this plane and, and to bring it back to reality, current, current reality, even though we're talking about current reality. Mm. Uh, for business people for people who are like what does this mean to me like this is all great but you know half of it's gone over my head and mm. i'm not in that space but what what can i what should i be looking at utilizing uh, ai for and and where should i be thinking about this in relation to my business yeah 
So content creation is a really important one. Um, that content creation in relationship to training material in your organisation. How are you keeping up to date with your processes, your policies, your procedures? Uh, and how are you generating that content? At the moment, it's very laborious. It's very manual process. Mm. Um, and using... ChatGTP, you're able to identify um, changes in regulation and then you can actually ask the language model, how can I implement that new change in regulation into my business? You, you can start simulating, um, I've got this situation, how does that relate to current state regulatory authority? Give me a view. Now, you th- I'm not saying you don't still then go to your professionals yeah. and get do them to review that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do it. the due diligence. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's and that's what I'm talking about, the, the low, high, low volume content creation yeah. and getting your first read. Mm. But that's where, you know, that's where the jobs aren't going to disappear because the whole bar then gets lifted because everyone now can get a snapshot baseline view. Yep. Now I need the nuance of my specific company and my specific scenario and, you know, and, and, and my spe- my, this specific instance, I now need the professionals to come in and give that. And that's not going to disappear. No. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, other areas, uh, and, and, and I mentioned this earlier, but data analytics. So if you've got high-quality data about your organisation and your ability to be able to feed that into the um, co-pilot that Microsoft will be launching soon in its Excel spreadsheets and being able to do, okay, I need a board report, I need some fancy graphs and charts in relationship to uh, applications to it for new business and um, where they got to and where that, that, that fell away. And then potentially, based on that data, being able to ask uh, chat... GPT, what do you recommend that we do to increase, you know, our tra- our our transfer to sale rates? Th- these are the, the the sorts of opportunities, and so having co-pilots that are going to be available to you in any of your Microsoft suite, co-pilots that are uh, are going to be available to you on specific industry sectors. Uh, just to give you a medical example, um, so AlphaFold. Uh, by DeepMind was folding proteins. So basically we had been able to identify about 200,000 proteins, protein structures, um, and then AlphaFold came along and increased that by 2,000 times. So now there's 200 million million protein um, structures that we've now been able to identify. Now what is that going to mean for cancer treatment and all sorts of advances in medicine? So those having high-quality data can be and, and feeding that into the model can be absolutely transformative, um, you know, and and potentially, particularly if you're in you niche um, boutique businesses that are dealing with high levels of data, and that helps you, you know, make decisions. I can think of a couple of uh, data companies that I'm aware of that, yeah, uh, I'm I want to go talk to them now and go, what are you, what are you thinking, like, what are you doing about this because. That is literally data analytics. That's just going to be blown wide open mm. with what's possible. Absolutely, yeah. That's phenomenal. All right, so um, bringing it back to Clear Dynamics. Yeah. What is the future? Like where where's Clear Dynamics at now? And with the humongous uptake in awareness and understanding of AI 
Does that affect Clear Dynamics as a company? Absolutely. Where is, it, where is it going? So the Overton window has moved. Mm. So historically, I would talk to someone about, yeah, we do enterprise software and we leverage AI to be able to deliver those outcomes. And we, we automate software. And pe- we just go over people's heads and yeah. they'll be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Or, <laughs> or I don't believe it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> sure you are. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Bendigo Company. Oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, and now, you know, the answer, you know, to, to that statement is, yeah. oh, well, of course you are. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> absolutely, that's, that's what you should be doing. You yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing this for a long yeah, time. Yeah, we've been doing this for a long time. We did this like seven years. <laughs> Um, and, you know, what we need to be aware of is at the moment the party tricks, what, I, what I'm calling the party tricks of yeah. uh, ChatGPT and, and, and I don't mean to dis- demean at all what they're doing. What they're doing is amazing. It's, yeah. it's, it's literally for the first time in our species we've yeah. got someone else in the conversation. There's, yeah. another, in, there's an, another intelligence uh, in the conversation. But the next level is going to be people using it on a day-to-day in their businesses. So it's not just a fancy app, but I'm using it for my decision-making in my business and and helping me reconcile large volumes of data. Personalization is gonna be really, it's gonna be quite incredible, even in your industry, in video creation, Mm. that there is gonna be, I wanna watch the dark version of the DC movie. So, you know, there was the the (laughs) DC, uh, superhero movie, yeah. and then the uh, original producer who had to drop out, uh, sorry, director who had to drop out, came back and did his version yeah. of that movie. Yeah. But it was a dark version of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. AI is going to give the ability for all of us <laughs> on any movie to <laughs> say, I want the really light version of this movie, <laughs> or I want the really dark version <laughs> of this movie, or I want the happy version, or I want the, wow. I want the tragedy ending, or I want, you oh, know, cool. I, I want the. Um, yeah, you know, the Zack Snyder version. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that, that, yeah. that that was a DC movie. So yes. that personalization, that blast radius is going to be the hyper personalization mm. of in sales. And so when I go into a sales meeting, ChatGPT is going to be able to give me a, a pitch that's specific to that company, not just the industry, but specific to that company. So that hyper personalization in sales. And hyper-personalization in our personal life, you know, that's really going to start taking off. So that's the second wave. Love it. And then the third wave is going to be uh, whole businesses, their whole enterprise stack run from a unified platform that is AI-enabled to augment and automate every step that automation and augmentation can be done in that industry. And that's that's the industry that Clear Dynamics is already playing in that space. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a few steps ahead already, right? You're, yeah, you're and we're, we're chess yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you know, <laughs> and think about that. And we're a company in Bendigo in Victoria, <laughs> yes. and we're already playing that space. So you can imagine what Google's doing, and DeepMind's doing, and yeah. OpenAI's doing, and Facebook's doing. You know, they're, they're I love on that it. journey as well. I love that personalization because um, landing it in a video space, like uh, <laughs> I had a tool that one of my guys was playing around with. Um, I recorded myself uh, saying uh, a greeting to someone, right? Hi, leave a space. I've been looking at your stuff on LinkedIn. I love what you do at leave a space. And so, and we brought that into this tool and it made a, a really accurate voice print of my voice. Yeah. 
But the unfortunate thing was it couldn't do an Australian accent yeah, yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it was like... The hard A's, mate. You gotta, they, can't, they can't do the hard A's. <laughs> it was like, hi, Grant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was crazy. But you can see that that's, that's not far away. Not and, far away at all. And like you said, between chat, GPT 3.5 and 4, from lowest percent, 10% of the bar exam to, to the, the top 10 end, yeah. in six months. Exactly. You know, that same tool is going to be, you know, in less than that time, is going to be able to, yeah, it'll be me. I, I'll be able to just record me once and then I don't have to record me anymore. Like no, it, it, and, and, and the need for the studio yeah. and, you know, <laughs> yeah. all those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. Once you've recorded once, it yep. goes away and you can then just do as many iterations, you know, potentially with as many different accents with <laughs> in as many different languages. languages right, yeah. And, you know, and so you can see mm. that for creativity, um, you know, the ability for movie making and... And training videos for your business, yeah, all these sorts of things, they just start moving ahead of the rate of knots. There's exponential, and it being up to date and in real time. Yeah. As the policy gets changed in the in the model, mm. in the large, so you know, at the moment we've got these large learning models that are, are, are internet wide. Yep. But very soon we're going to have business blades, learning mo- module business blades. So it's going to be the learning mo- module for your business. And then potentially it's going to be your own personal learning, large learning mo- module, uh, large language mod- module, sorry, for just your personal life. Wow. Um, so you can see that that the ability to be able to personalize is, is going to become exponential. That is crazy. All right, Craig. So wrapping this up, thank you so much for coming and having just uh, a blast talking about possibilities, where we're at, uh, where Clear Dynamics is at. I just love the fact that Clear Dynamics, a Bendigo company, has just been taking strides behind the scenes of something that is really blown up into the public sphere and is uh, is leading the way in a few things. I think that is just the coolest thing ever. You really are have started a remarkable regional business. So thank you so much for coming on, on the podcast and uh, I can't wait for our next chat. Yeah, I'm the same, Caleb. I've ha- I just had a great time. Um, you know, but we, we should do a Friday night cocktails version. Yeah, <laughs> let's do that. I love it. We'll set a little computer up and get chat GPT in on it yeah, as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Thank you, my friend. Good on you, mate. Thanks again. I hope you enjoyed that uh, interview with from... No, 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 I'm just joking. Now, this is actually me. Uh, That will be relevant to you if you've watched the full episode. (laughs) Um, We had a great time uh, talking to Craig in that episode, and uh, I had lots of fun. I hope you did as well. If you want to hear more of our podcast, maybe you've just started on the journey and you found this content somewhere, and you were like, man, I want to hear more about remarkable regional businesses and understand who's around me then go to hebronfilms.com forward slash podcast.